This is the seventh of seven consecutive weeks in which we're hearing from the section of the Gospel of Mark from chapter 8 through the end of chapter 10, in which Jesus is headed with his closest disciples to Jerusalem, as we have talked about week after week. In Jerusalem, Jesus will enter into his passion, death, and resurrection, through which he will bring salvation to this fallen, sinful world, and in which the fullness of what love really is will be revealed to the world, and who Jesus is will be revealed to the world. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus explains much more directly than ever to his closest disciples who he is, what he's going to face when he enters Jerusalem, and what are requirements of them if they're actually going to be his authentic disciples. We've talked about this week after week. They can do whatever they want with their lives, but if they are actually going to be his disciples, he explains dimensions of discipleship that they have to freely choose to live. The past six weeks, we've repeated to one another how Mark emphasizes in this account the unwillingness and the inability of these disciples to accept or to understand what Jesus teaches them. As we've observed those limitations, hopefully they've been really helpful for us. I see that these disciples 2,000 years ago are limited in this way and this way, and I recognize I am as well, and that's given me a lot to work with spiritually in the last six weeks. In this final passage, so I think it's verses, I think, 46 to 52, it's cited in the bulletin. You can click on our social media to open it up this week. This final passage before Jesus enters Jerusalem, Mark gives us one person who actually has abundant spiritual strengths. His name is Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is uniquely important in the Gospel of Mark. I'll explain some of this to you as we go along. But even from the beginning, in the Gospel of Mark, before Jesus' passion, the only people whose names are mentioned are Jesus, John the Baptist, the disciples, Herod Antipas, and Jairus. You may remember him from chapter 5, who has a lot of similarities to Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, to this point, is one of the few people whose name is mentioned to this point in the Gospel of Mark. It's almost like Mark is saying, really pay attention to this guy. So what I encourage you to do this week is just pay attention to Bartimaeus. What are strengths that you recognize in him? And I bet you will see that some of these strengths, or even many of them, are alive in you, and certainly in this community. So I think it's a point potentially of real encouragement. So to the passage. Jesus starts this journey in chapter 8 of Mark in the villages of Caesarea Philippi, so north, very northern tip of Israel. It's about 100 miles or so from Jerusalem. He's now reached about 15 miles away from Jerusalem, a city called Jericho. Remember Jericho in the Old Testament, blow the trumpets, down the walls come? Jericho, and this is not just for Bible trivia, Jericho is the, maybe, it's certainly one of the longest continually inhabited cities on the planet to today. The earliest excavations of Jericho are from 9,000 years BC. I'm going to come back to this. There's actually a point. Also, Jericho is, was, and is today the lowest city on the planet. It's as low as 850 feet below sea level. So, Jesus and his disciples are going through Jericho, and they're now exiting Jericho. There is a big, a sizable crowd with Jesus. So these are his disciples, people who are following Jesus, presumably people just leaving Jericho. And then Jericho 
has pilgrims going through it because it's Passover time. And any faithful Jewish Palestinian, Jesus' time, who can physically get to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover is expected to do that every year. So there's a big crowd of people leaving Jericho. And it's probably a festive crowd of people because many of them are on pilgrimage. Strategically placed, not on the road, but by the side of the road, is Bartimaeus. He's strategically placed because he's blind and he's a beggar. He's seated at the side of the road because he's begging for alms, money, from the people who are going down the road. So at Jesus' time, it's probably not that unusual for a blind person to be begging, and there's certainly no disgrace being a blind person who's begging. But this is a really tough life. I mean, imagine being blind in the ancient Near East, and clearly he doesn't have financial resources from family or friends to sustain his life. This guy has a really tough life. And seated by the side of the road, with all these people moving down the road, there's a dimension of social isolation there. I don't know that Bartimaeus is attractive to all these people on the road. So why does this matter? Are you super, super attractive? Are you glamorous? Are you richy rich? Are you somebody who TMZ is following? Are you just really, is your last name Kardashian? It's a, that's a word that translates from repulsive. Is that your last name? Do you relate at all to Bartimaeus? Do you relate to somebody who has a disability, physically, mentally, emotionally? Do you relate to someone who doesn't have all the stuff that most other people seem to have? Do you relate at all to a person who is socially isolated? Do you ever feel in your life I have big problems, I don't have a dime, and I feel like I'm living in the oldest city on the planet, and I'm at the lowest point in the planet. He actually is. That is really interesting to me. From a modern geographical point of view, he's actually at the side of the road, in the oldest place on the planet, at the lowest place on the planet. And he's the most important person, other than Jesus, in this passage. He has not caved in to the reality of his life. He has absolute dignity. He's the most alive person other than Jesus in the passage, and so are many of you. Some of the most alive, dignified, respectable people I know are in this community and are very much like Bartimaeus. It's a strength. He hears that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and so he calls out, he cries out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. One sentence with huge content. Jesus. Bartimaeus is the only person who receives a healing miracle in the Gospel of Mark who calls Jesus by his name. Again, I think it's the Gospel writer saying, pay attention to this guy. Son of David. So son of David is scripturally someone who descends from, is a descendant of King David. Much more, oh, by the way, he's the only person who says that term, that title for Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. He says it twice. The only other person who says it is Jesus himself. Bartimaeus lives at a time where our Jewish ancestors explicitly associate that title with the hoped-for Messiah, son of David, through 
Chronicles, Samuel, the Psalms, Jeremiah, son of David is the term for the one that many Jewish people hope will come to this world from God somehow and will restore the throne of King David forever. It's a messianic title. And what is one of the things that our Jewish ancestors are told will happen when the Messiah comes? The blind will see. We heard it in the first reading from Jeremiah. Here is a guy who's blind and have pity on me. That's an expression often in the Psalms for our Jewish ancestors calling out to God. Does Bartimaeus have any idea Jesus is God? Of course not. But Bartimaeus has put together more things about Jesus than anybody else in that scene. Bartimaeus is blind, but he sees more about Jesus because he's making the connections. So many of you and so many of us are trying to make the connections. If that's what you do when you come to Mass, at least partly, try to learn more about who Jesus is, blessed are you. A couple hundred of us after this Mass will go to religious education. If what you're doing when you go to religious education as a kid or an adult, if you're trying to figure out who is Jesus, blessed are you. If you're at Lawrence Catholic Academy every single day, that's why religion is at the heart of our curriculum, to try to figure out more and more who is Jesus. Bartimaeus does it. If you're doing it, what a strength you've got going for you. So he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. He immediately experiences opposition. Many of the people in the crowd rebuke him. There's a lot of rebuking in the Gospel of Mark. They rebuke him and they tell him to be silent, shut up. They presumably think he's bothering Jesus. This is really callous. Jesus is someone who reaches out to people and they're telling him, stay away. Jesus' disciples at this point haven't learned, apparently, that when someone cries out for Jesus, they're supposed to bring that person to Jesus, not tell the person to be silent. He faces immediate opposition, and his reaction is, he cries out all the more, son of David, have pity on me. This guy has, you know what I can't say in church, this guy responds to inappropriate criticism with a louder voice. This guy knows he's trying to connect with Jesus, and it does not matter what the stupid crowd does. I hope that's a point of pride in this community. We live in an upside-down society that tells us so much of anything having to do with Jesus is ridiculous. Shut up. We're rebuked. Tough luck. I hope a point of pride of our parish is when people tell us that we're trying to do things for Jesus that we shouldn't be, that it's stupid, whether it's in word or action, cry all the louder, son of David, have pity on me. So how does Jesus respond to this? Jesus totally accepts Bartimaeus, to say the least. It's the first time in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus allows somebody who proclaims him to be the Messiah, even to have a clue about this, to let it go out in public. To this point, Jesus in his healing so often tells people, don't tell anyone about this. He's about to enter his passion. So the word, is, <laughs> the word is going to become clear very soon who he is. But he completely allows Bartimaeus to proclaim him to be the Messiah. Jesus then says to 
the people who have been rebuking Bartimaeus, he gives them the opportunity to reverse course. He tells them to call Bartimaeus. They change on a dime, and they say to Bartimaeus, take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you, as if he needs encouragement. Really be careful about the crowd. They just go this way and that way. So what's key is his reaction. Bartimaeus throws off his cloak, jumps up, and goes to Jesus. The cloak, the word in Greek is garment. It could be what he's wearing as a cloak, or it could be what he places on the ground to receive the alms. Either one, both of those are very valuable. He throws this off, and it's clear in the Gospel of Mark, he's throwing off his old life. He doesn't need this. He needs to get to Jesus. Remember the rich man with the many possessions a couple of weeks ago whose face falls when he has to somehow leave those? Bartimaeus is very different. He's got the strength to throw off whatever is old to get to Jesus. So many of you are doing this in small ways and in big ways. So many of you are throwing off your sin, throwing off the stuff you want to cling to, throwing off ways of life that you know are antithetical to Jesus. There is a lot of throwing off stuff in this community to get to a new life in Jesus. Blessed are you. He goes to Jesus, and Jesus asks him the same question that last week we heard Jesus ask James and John when they wanted positions of power. What do you want me to do for you? His response is, Master. This is why I'm paid the big bucks. The only other time in the New Testament that that word rabuni is used is in the Gospel of Mark when Mary Magdalene finds out that the person she thinks is the gardener is actually the risen Jesus. It's the emphatic version of rabbi. Only other person in the scripture ever says it. Teacher, rabbi, I want to see. He does not ask for a position of power like James and John. He does not ask for money, which is what he's focused on just to stay alive. He asks for wholeness. He has put together that what is impossible naturally for sight to be restored, that the power of God is so alive in Jesus that it can be done for him. What did Jesus say a couple bits before this? Nothing is impossible for God. He actually believes it. He is so confident in who Jesus is that he believes that Jesus can make him see again. He doesn't demand it. He says, this is what I want. Jesus says to him, very same thing he says to the woman with the hemorrhage in chapter 5, who is sandwiched in with Jairus. He says, go your way. Your faith has saved you. The source of this miracle is only Jesus, but his faith, his, who he is, is absolutely key to the miracle taking place, unfolding in his life. Immediately his sight is restored. Be sure you get this. Go your way. Immediately his sight is restored and he begins to follow Jesus. He follows Jesus on the way. It is the ultimate response to Jesus's love and Jesus's power. You can go your way. You choose what is your way. He chooses to follow Jesus on the way. He becomes a disciple of Jesus. 
he gets on that road to Jerusalem with the real Jesus following him, entering into what Jesus is going to enter into. Many people guess that we know the name of Bartimaeus because he does remain with Jesus and continue to be his disciple for the rest of his life. Scripture doesn't tell us anything. What we know about Bartimaeus is what we see in that account. There are so many strengths, basics, about actually being a disciple of Jesus. Bartimaeus is a name we should remember because of who he is. We should remember your name. We should remember the name of St. Patrick Parish. We should choose to be on the way, following Jesus, including everything in Jerusalem. And I really do think we are. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to stpatrickparish.com.